Pastor Xavier Reese explains how all are fruitful that receive the Word of God. You hear the Word of God and you receive that seed. And as He waters it, it's able to go down deep. God's Word is continually abiding in me and its roots go down into my heart. And it not only has broken up my heart to keep my heart tender because there are situations in life and people that if I'm not careful will cause my heart to become hard. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The parable of the sower is also known as the parable of the soils, in that Jesus was drawing the distinction that there are differences between soils, referring to the heart of man, while the seed, the Word of God, remains constant. And while the natural tendency is for the audience to critique the preacher, here Jesus the preacher is offering a critique of his audience. The challenge he makes is how they respond to what they hear. And here's Pastor Xavier now with a simple truth study titled, A Look at Man's Heart drawn from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. The parable of the sower is found in all three Gospels, the three synoptic Gospels. Notice that in verse 3, he says, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. Now, as you examine Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you will find that Jesus says that the seed in this parable is the Word of God. We also find out that the soil here in the parable is the heart of men. And so what we have here from verse 4 on down to 8 is four different types of hearts. In verse 4 he says, And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. The first heart that he shows us is that heart that is by the wayside, that hard heart. The ground was compacted. It was so hard that when seed would fall upon it, it would just lay there superficially. It couldn't take root. And so what would happen? Birds would come and just snatch it up. The second heart, in verse 5, some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away no root it can get no nourishment it is just very very shallow now the hard heart could be identified to the scribes and the pharisees they had just rejected jesus they had heard over and over and over again jesus warned them be careful but the stony heart here which is shallow could be referred to the multitudes. The multitudes were always there seeking Christ, but they weren't all seeking Christ for salvation or because He was Christ, but because of the miracles, because of the food, because of the benefits. But their heart is shallow. The commitment is very superficial. Most of the time is what they can get out of it. What can you do for me? In verse 7, we have the third heart. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop or no fruit. Verse 7 speaks of the third heart, the divided heart. The heart that has no room for God. 
The heart that is crowded by so many other things. The heart that has one foot in the church and one foot in the world. So you have the hard heart, the shallow heart, the divided heart, the tender heart. Notice there in verse 8, there is fruit. The heart that is open, it didn't begin like that. All of our hearts were hard, and we had to allow God to tear up that ground and to turn it up so that the seed could be put in there and it could take root. And there are always things that want to go in there. Rocks, weeds, everything else to choke out that word. But it's through that abiding, through that diligence that you get here to verse 8. He gives us the comparison from the sower of different soils. The comparison is the heart of men. Now in verses 13 through 20, he gives us the conditions in particular that bring about such a heart and keep a heart in the various levels. Pay close attention to it. He said to them, he explains the parable of the sower now to his disciples. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Verse 14. The sower sows the word. The sower is Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. The sower is any preacher who teaches the Word of God or preaches. The sower is you when you witness your life to others. Anybody who is, knows God and is communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 15, he says, And these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the Word that was sown in their hearts. Now the first heart, the hard heart. Jesus says here that the word is preached, they hear it, and immediately the word is taken away by Satan as it falls in their heart. Throughout scripture, birds are symbolic of evil. Here Jesus identifies it specifically. The birds that came out and snatched the seed is Satan and his demons, his emissaries. Satan doesn't want you to be saved. Satan doesn't want you to respond to the gospel of Christ. Before we came to Christ, we were all dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 says. Children of wrath by nature, children of disobedience. Going according to the prince and the power of the air, like everybody else. The word there is weather vane or meandering. Have you ever seen a weather vane? The wind hits it, doesn't argue, it just turns. Have you ever seen a river? It meanders. Why, what's it doing? It hits hard rock and soil. It seeks the softest to cut through. That's a picture of us. We just flow with the wind. We just take the easiest way out. When we didn't know Christ. And so many hear the gospel. Maybe you have heard the gospel. And Satan has come up and snatched their way right away. And you say, well, you know, it's nice and I admire and boy, it's really different. I've never heard anything like that. And you have some nice things to say, but you don't do anything about it. The God of this world, Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, has blinded you. 
lest the light of the glorious gospel should grab a hold of you and change you. He does that all the time. And you need to realize that Satan doesn't want you to come to Jesus Christ. And so he's there to snatch the word even right now that you're hearing. But even as Christians, there are things in your life God wants to deal with. And when you hear a sermon, Satan is there to snatch it up and say, ah, oh, you don't have to worry about applying it. You're saved. You're in. But the Bible says to those as much is given, much is required. Read the parables of the stewards. To the man that knew his master's will and did not do it. To him will be given many more strifes than to the one who didn't know his master's will and did evil. God will always judge us according to the amount of light we have received. And so therefore, if you really keep coming to church and you're not willing to do anything about it, you're adding to your own hurt because God is going to hold you responsible for it. He says that throughout Scripture. And so here is the particular of the first heart. Satan snatches it. Hardness of heart. Verse 16, the second one. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. And afterwards, when tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Mark immediately. They receive it with gladness. You've met people like this. You've seen people like this. Maybe you're one of these people. I mean, they accept the Lord and they're off and running and man, you can't stop them. They're like a rocket. And they're so happy and they're joyous and they just share with everybody. But then with time, persecution arises. Tribulation Notice, for the word's sake. When it gets down to being a witness, to getting down and being totally committed, when it comes to choosing between what they are saying and what they're going to live, it says they are stumbled because of that tribulation and persecution. Now we are said to be in good company, according to the words of Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, where he speaks about uh, if they persecute you for my name's sake, you know, remember the prophets, verse 10 through 12. He said, you're in good company. So they persecuted the prophets. And so we are said that we're not only called to reign with Christ, but we're called to suffer. That is something that you and I as Americans have no idea or experience about. We don't know what it is to suffer for Christ's sake. We can read about it, we can kind of think about it, but none of us really know anything about it. There might be a handful in the United States that know about it. But very few of us know what it is to suffer for Christ's sake, this persecution and tribulation. These are the conditions why this heart here is the way it is. Stony. Heavy. They are easily stumbled. The word stumble there is scandalon. It's a stumbling block or an impediment. All of a sudden, they have to make a choice. And guess who loses? God. Things just sort of crowd out the things of God. In verse 18, the third heart. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word 
and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Here you have the divided heart. There are so many things involved in the heart of an individual here that God doesn't stand a chance. And it's just a matter of time before that surfaces. It's okay when things have not gotten too heavy. It's okay when there's not that many things. But as they move on in life, all the other things seem to push Jesus out. Oh, but they used to be there all the time. They used to be involved. They used to be just exhorting. But now they're gone. Because as they move in life, all the other things crowd the things of God. Have you ever seen a runner run with weights on them? No. They get the skimpiest pants, the skimpiest t-shirt, the lightest shoes. They'll even go to a milligram because they want no extra weight on them. Because they're running to win. Now often I see Christians running with weights on them. They have all these things they're carrying. We are to be people of priority and to cut off those things that are going to drag us down over and over and over again. But notice the particulars here. First he says, the cares of the world. The word cares, the root is to be deceived in a direction opposite or really distracted. I mean, these things just, it's synonymous almost with the word worry or anxiety. Look at our world today. How many things are, are causing people to be anxious? And they're worried about so many different things. And yet Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34, he took the very practical things again. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither, you know, harvest. Your father supplied for them. Look at the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin, and yet Solomon in all his glory cannot compare to one of the beauties there on the field. And they rise up and they wither away. Does that mean that we're not supposed to work? No, it doesn't. We're supposed to work, we're supposed to do everything we're supposed to, but we're not to be so anxious that we're taking on ourselves and we're doing that and that's all we're doing and we're eliminating the things of God. You see, the cares of the world... Paul says that we're to come to God in everything, in supplication. Be anxious for nothing. Anxiety will kill you. You can't enjoy your present. You can't enjoy the future because you're always worried. And today's generation could be classified the anxious generation. Everybody's trying to get all they can before it's all out. And yet we're not to be like the people of the world who are living for things. The priority is always the kingdom of God. And yet it's so easy we don't, when we don't have much or when we just come to the Lord and we say, oh, yeah, Lord's so good and, you know, all that God is doing for us. But then as we move on, how our life changes and we spend more time in our things than the things of God. What's happened? What's going on? It's the heart. Time is revealing what you are. I've always said that time is a test of all things. Don't tell me where you're at right now. That's good enough for right now, but let me see you tomorrow. Don't tell me what God has done through you in the past. That's past. What's going to do through you tomorrow and today? That's where it's at. But secondly, he says the deceitfulness of riches. Mark that well. Riches are deceitful. So often we are just 
pressed and impressed about going for things. And yet there's nothing wrong with things, but when things become the total motivation of my life and I am enslaved to them, then I'm deceived. You go fishing, you put a little worm on there. You're deceiving the fish. You're covering up the hook. That's a picture of deceitfulness of riches. Paul the Apostle says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptations and snares, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and piercing themselves through with many sorrows. How easy it is for us to justify what we do in Christ. We say, well, you know, as soon as I get done with this, then I'm going to get back to church. As soon as I get done with this job and I get to the place where I want to, then I'm really going to. No, you won't. Because you'll never sacrifice the kingdom and the spiritual priorities for things. You'll always keep up with the spiritual things. Whenever anything wants to crowd out the things of God, it must be the things that go. And I don't care what they are. They have to go. Because if not, they'll take you away. Hell and destruction are never full, and neither are the eyes of man ever satisfied, the Scriptures declare. If you're spending so much time at work that you're not reading, praying, and getting involved in the work of God in some way, shape, or form, then you're here. God didn't give you that job to be an idol. God didn't give you that business so that you would be a slave to it. He gave it to you knowing that you could be a good steward and allow it to glorify Him and never to take the place of Him or never to crowd Him out. But what is the problem? The heart. The heart. The soil where the seed falls. One more thing, He says, and the desires of other things enter in and choke the Word. Desire of other things, anything else apart from what he has mentioned, where you would place it before God, things that really divide your heart over and over and over again. Now, I hope that you're not getting the message that I'm talking about that the people on good ground, those that bring forth 30, 60, and 104, are people that never go through any of this. No, they go through everything that goes before them but they come all the way through and take the final step. They bring forth fruit. They go through the very same hassles as the first three soils. And they have to do everything to make sure that they don't end up in the first three soils. They have to take the last step to stay in the fourth soil, the heart that is constantly being broken before God. Open to His will, to His priority. See, when the Bible speaks about the heart of man, the heart of man is seen in three areas. You have the intellect, the will, and the emotion. And so you have the intellect. Jesus says, this is what I require of you. Then you have the will. And you say, I will to do your will, or I will to do my own will. And whatever decision you make right here, you're going to have problems right here in the emotional. <laughs> if you know what it is to do right, and you will not to do it, then you're going to have problems with the emotional which will affect you physically. If you hear what God says and you will to do His will, then your emotions are still going to have trouble at times because of your flesh, your self-centeredness. 
But if you don't will to exercise your will, then your emotions will run your life and your feelings and no longer the scriptures. And this is where people get in trouble. They know, but they don't exercise their will to do the will of God. But they exercise their will to do their own will. And so they live by emotion, by their feelings, by the rationale. Dangerous place to be. Notice it says that it chokes the word. You all have gardens at home, I propose. How many of you plant roses or some kind of flowers and, and you think that uh, you never have to weed? <laughs> you know, you never, you have never, have you ever gone to the nurse and say, hey, what kind of weeds do you have here? I'm, I'm looking for some weeds. You don't have to buy weeds. They come naturally. You have to get out there and pull those weeds so that you're going to have a nice garden, so that the earth is broken up and water can get down in your fertilize so you have a pretty plant. It'll choke the things of God out. Mark these things. Look at your life right now. Have you been involved more with the things of God in the past than you are now? Then you need to repent. You should be more effective and more involved as you move on, not less. Are you less involved with Christ and the work of God now than you were in the past? I hope not. I hope you're moving on. The last heart in verse 20. He says, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it. They receive it. And they bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. This is the good ground. It yields to the breaking up of the hard ground. You hear the word of God and you allow God to turn up the ground, your hard heart, regardless of what has happened in the past, you allow him to come in and turn it over. And you receive that seed. And as he waters it, it's able to go down deep to receive nourishment. But notice that as seed goes down, the roots go down. And the roots go down and continue to break up the hard ground. God's word is continually abiding in me and its roots go down into my heart. And it not only has broken up my heart, but it continues to break up my heart to keep my heart tender. Because there are situations and things in life and people that if I'm not careful will cause my heart to become hard. But it's that openness to the word that it takes hold of. And it continues to break your heart. You're open to tender heartedness. Because if not, you'll become hard-hearted. I hope that you find yourself here in verse 20. If you find yourself in any of the other verses, I hope you keep on moving forward so that you can become fruitful. This is a teaching to the disciples. You fall into one of these four hearts. And so I pray that as God continues to deal with us, that we remain tender-hearted open to what God would want to do and that we would be transformed from day to day by the Spirit of God. I hope your heart is tender. If you are heart open up, Christ wants to save you. If you have a shallow heart, a stony heart, I hope you repent and make a commitment to Christ. If you have a divided heart and you've got many things competing with Christ, I hope you push them out before they push Christ out. If you have 
a heart that is tender, good soil, then I pray that you continue to weed your garden so that it remains fruitful and tender. And God is glorified. Pastor Xavier Reese, making the challenge to evaluate how fertile your heart is to the Word of God being sown right now. Now, just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's Simple Truth study titled A Look at Man's Heart are available, as always, on CD for only $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now, once again, the title to ask for is simply A Look at Man's Heart, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 